Welcome to the next episode of Strategize to Succeed. Selectively applying the strategies which we discuss each week will help you as you progress from conditions to opportunities to successes. Today's episode discusses the intersection of communication and food. Some refer to it as dinner table conversation. However, I would suggest the broadening of the concept to include any sit-down conversation with multiple people in any environment, business, family, or social. Growing up, I was indoctrinated in the belief that when my parents and I were together, no topic of conversation was off-limits. But when our tight-knit circle of three was expanded, regardless of who or how many were involved, there was to be no discussion of politics, religion, or money. This restriction was not just assumed from one gathering to the next. It was a carefully rehearsed dance, not only of avoidance, but also of adroit redirection should it become necessary in order to keep the interaction on track while limiting any ruffled feathers. After many years of engaging in conversational strategies, I've come to two conclusions. First, regardless of the environment, you must always know your audience. Obviously, sometimes that is easier to accomplish than other times. If it is a family gathering in which you are well aware of each member's foibles and sensitivities, that results in one approach to conversation. If, on the other hand, you are engaging with comparative strangers who might have some impact over your future, the needed approach should be constructed differently. My second conclusion is that simply eliminating specific topics of conversation is not necessarily the most effective answer. More important than the subject matter should be the tone and the respect with which it is discussed. Unfortunately, rules of etiquette often become edicts written into stone because that can be a more efficient mode of conveyance and application than reliance on the variations of tact which result when someone exercises their own judgment. So, whether we are faced with a raucous family gathering, including a supposedly crazy uncle and a difficult mother-in-law, or a formal dinner with a soon-to-be boss, there are ways to survive such encounters with grace dignity, and a minimum of frustration. And in fact, experiencing one type of gathering may well help you to flourish in the other situation. The overriding lesson to be learned is that every conversational opportunity you have provides you with the stepping stone to develop your engagement skills, which will better serve you in the future. In the literature, there are two dominant approaches to presenting solutions 
for the indigestion which can result when the conversation becomes testy. One view is espoused by Amanda Ripley, a specialist in conflict mediation. In a recent Inc. article entitled, How Your Tense Thanksgiving Dinner Conversations Can Help You at Work, by Melissa Angle, Ms. Ripley advocates welcoming the discomfort and extending empathy. To accomplish this, the emotion of choice is curiosity. A social gathering, regardless of its purpose and the relationship of the attendees, is neither the time nor the place for a soapbox presentation of your views. If you want to advocate passionately for your beliefs on an issue, schedule a separate meeting with a specific agenda. In a social setting, your role is to be curious. It is not to try to persuade. There are two components necessary to be curious. Ask open-ended questions, which are questions that do not lend themselves to one-word answers. And actively listen to the answers in order to intelligently respond. To accomplish these, once again, a level of preparation is suggested. Of course, the next question is how does one prepare? There are two paths to preparation for successful, non-stressful gathering conversation. The first approach is to rehearse how you would like to handle yourself by practicing in a low-risk situation. Such an environment could be with a close relative, such as a spouse or child, or with a trusted friend. The objective is to feel comfortable with your skills of interaction so that you demonstrate an engaging personality rather than a combative attitude. The second aspect of preparation was noted earlier. It is important to understand with whom you will be conversing. That means that if you know that an individual has a specific bias or a highly developed viewpoint which is contrary to yours, don't use that time to raise the issue. It is simply inappropriate, and certainly it will not gain any points for you. In fact, it could likely create a tense, uncomfortable environment for everyone in attendance. Instead, use your conversational time as an opportunity to learn about others' views, interests, and priorities. Now, this is not to be structured as an interview hot seat. Imagine a seesaw. This apparatus works in complete harmony. When one side goes down to the ground, it forces the other side to elevate and go into the air. With continued use, the pattern of down and up alternates from side to side. Consider the seesaw as a model for engaging conversation. No one person should monopolize the discussion to his advantage. The intent is for there to be a responsive give and take. With this pattern as the objective, there are several articles available 
which offer a list of questions that can be used as conversation starters. Many of these subjects are rather well-worn and seem trite. However, I have come across a few questions which I believe can draw out the opinions of others and perhaps stimulate an interesting conversation. The sources used include 50 Family Dinner Conversation Starters by Six Sisters Stuff, along with Real Simple Magazine. Certainly, there are numerous other examples available online. Consider these possibilities. Which person here do you wish you knew better? What three words would you use to describe yourself? What is your greatest talent or ability? If you had the attention of the world for just 10 seconds, what would you say? If you could have dinner with any three people, past or present, who would you include? What is something you want to learn how to do? Perhaps the most important point when asking these six questions, or any other question which you may have in mind, is to follow up with the question why. It is the inclusion of that one small word which has the potential to lead to discussion, interaction, and maybe even a greater understanding and respect for another person. And keep in mind that playful banter and a gentle challenge are acceptable approaches in a social conversational setting, but aggressive, hostile confrontation is not. Perhaps even more importantly, an aggressive attitude does not accomplish anything. If you are going to go to battle for a position, do it in circumstances where your efforts are worthwhile. Otherwise, understand that your behavior in these situations impacts on your credibility. Conduct your conversations in a respectful manner, compatible with the situation and you will find that the positions you take will be given greater attention in return. In general, when uncertain as to how to take a comment or a question that comes your way in a social setting, play it safe and let the issue go right over your head rather than allowing it to land a blow to your heart. Your appropriate decorum will not go unnoticed. Thank you for sharing your time today. Remember, your application of strategic decision-making approaches can result in more beneficial outcomes for you, both professionally and personally. Why not turn that process into your opportunity?